the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Yes, indeed. Thank you, sir, and uh, thank you. Appreciate you uh, being willing to take us along for the ride here today, wherever you might be headed or whatever you might be doing. Delighted to and honored to have the opportunity to spend some time with you, as we do every Monday through Friday from 5 until 7 p.m., addressing issues that impact your life, your world, and your Christian walk. Coming up on today's program, dear friend will join us a little bit later on in the program. He is the recent pastor emeritus, well, the current pastor emeritus, recently senior pastor. However, those very complicated details work (laughs) of Valley Bible Church up in Hercules. Of course, speaker on the Truth For Today broadcast, heard every Monday through Friday at 5.30 a.m., bright and early here on KFAX. Pastor Dr. Phil Howard joins us on the program. That'll be coming up later on in this first hour. Of course, we'll keep you on top of traffic throughout the program every uh, 10 minutes or so as the crow flies. So uh, keep the dial set right here. Enjoy the ride and enjoy the conversation. You think historically about the church, and I'm speaking more about the physical building than I am necessarily the body of believers for a moment, and you'll see in a moment why I make that distinction. Typically, church has been considered considered a safe place. Witness, for example, historically people fleeing arrest during times of war who sought refuge in churches. Targets of Nazi anti-Semitism in the 1930s and 40s throughout Europe found sanctuary in Protestant churches. I think if we all think about our relationship to the church, be it a big fancy building with a tall steeple and lots of stained glass, or even a place that's almost a country-style church, very, very humble and rustic, nevertheless, there's always that sense of you're here with God's people In God's presence, this must be a safe place. And yet, sadly, today in America, on an ever-increasing basis, that sense of security and well-being at church is on an increasing basis compromised by foolish, senseless acts of violence. And we saw it just here again over the holiday season, and of course, um, the most recent shooting in Texas just after Christmas that left both the congregation and a community devastated brings to mind the importance of doing all that we can to maintain that sense of sanctuary, that sense of safety in the church building environment, and the obligation that all of us have that are involved in the day-to-day life of the church to do all that we can to meet What my next guest will suggest is both a biblical and moral obligation to do so. Joining me to talk about this sad topic is 
Pastor Sam Rohr. He is president of the American Pastors Network, and uh, you can catch his insights on a weekly radio program, Stand in the Gap, heard on stations across the country. And Pastor Rohr, it's always wonderful to be with you, and uh, let me wish you, albeit belated, but a nevertheless happy new year. Uh, well, Craig, thank you for that, and uh, it's great to be back with you and uh, the listeners on your station, for sure. Wow. Not a topic, frankly, that uh, Pastor Rohr I would like to discuss under any set of circumstances, and, and you and I typically have a chance to grapple with the issues of the day and, and challenges that are facing the church and where we have to stand up for religious liberty or uh, make a statement on behalf of, of defending freedom or uh, simply proclaiming the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is a case, though, where... Um, and obviously you feel as as motivated and compelled to address this as I do, uh, that addressing the topic of the sense of safety, that people who go to church should be able, historically have been able to come to expect, that's been shattered through these tragic events in recent years, really now uh, brings about a, a sense, I think, of urgency that everyone listening to this broadcast tonight who was a pastor, an assistant pastor, a member of the Board of Deacons, has any level of leadership responsibility in the church, really needs to begin to take seriously. Well, I think that they do, and I think one of the things when you talk about church, again, as you said, I agree fully to imagine that um, uh, a church that once used to have um, a general cultural respect by people uh, can now actually become uh, a place for murder, which we've seen and you've cited as examples. Uh, that's hard to believe, but the fact of the matter is we we are there. So... As church leaders, as pastors, church leaders, some some would think automatically that, well, you know what, um, we live by faith all the time. We should live by faith when we gather together, and uh, and if what something happens, something happens. Well, now that's one way I suppose to look at it, but I don't think that's the biblical way to look at it. And for this reason, all of those that uh, it, that are in positions of authority. That whether they are moms and dads in the home, or an employer uh, with a place of employment, or a teacher in a classroom, um, or take it all the way to the governmental level, those in positions of civil authority, uh, all of them have a responsibility before God to protect those who are under their care. As a matter of fact, the law would recognize if a mom and dad doesn't care for, watch out for, uh, the safety of their children, they're going to be liable before the law. Well, they're liable before God, too. Uh, Romans 13 says that those in civil authority, and I think that passage uh, really applies to the principles for all authority, including moms and dads in the home and so forth. But ultimately, the purpose is to praise those, to encourage good action uh, on the part of those that are under their authority, and to punish those who do evil uh, that are in regard to that, and with that is the protection of those who do well and who obey the law. That's why we have law enforcement on the local level. That's why we have a military on a national level. It's for that purpose as established by God. Now, that being said, is the church and the church building any different? Well, no, it's really... It's really not that the pastor, the leadership of the church, have a responsibility to the same extent to watch out for their sheep. Now, we know that biblically are those in the pews 
uh, are regarded as or viewed as sheep. The pastor is the shepherd, uh, and we and they are to watch out for the souls of the people. So we know that there's a spiritual uh, obligation to protect. That is clear. But does it not extend also to the physical? And the answer is yes, it does. So, so our sense is that unfortunately we have a time where we have to come to grips with saying, what can we do? What should we do within the settings of our church when our sheep come to gather in the setting of this brick and mortar fold uh, that we have? Um, should we be concerned about their protection? And the answer is yes. I think we do biblically. I think there's also a response there, even before the law, an obligation. And uh, so we are encouraging pastors and churches to do a number of things. Uh, understand, number one, it's responsibility. It is morally right. It's not a walking by faith. It's not an ignoring of uh, living by faith to, to uh, consider the safety aspects of the, of the people when they come together to worship. So that being the basis, we're saying yes. There is an obligation. It is right. Matter of fact, it is a duty to think about the care of the people. And then with that, then there are some things then we say that can be done in order to help pastor and the leadership to do their duty for the people. Uh, and, I, and I think, Pastor Rohr, to, to put this in perspective for all of us, number one, there, there is a spiritual dynamic here. As you have just articulated, um, th- there's also sort of a, a, a practical dynamic. The spiritual dynamic is, of course, the enemy of, of, of our soul is going to do all that he can to seek, to kill, to destroy. That is, the, that is Satan's sort of you know, stated goal, very clear in Scripture, John 10.10. 10. So we get that. We understand that on the spiritual plane. I think it's true both literally as well as from a spiritual dynamic. The other notion here, too, is that when we go to church, church, we try to create an environment where we intentionally let our guard down, where we want to be vulnerable. We're in a public place and probably one of the few, if ever, where we go and we routinely and without hesitation bow our heads, close our eyes. Um, Our attention, our focus is on our God as it should be, and we are perhaps less aware of the circumstances and the dynamic going on around us. Now, I contrast that with, say, maybe a baseball game. Well, you go to a baseball game, what are you aware of? You're aware of the fact that uh, there could be an errant fly ball that's hit off the tip of the bat and could make a beeline right towards you, so you kind of want to be aware of that. You're aware of the guy behind you that maybe during the course of enjoying the game had a little bit too much to enjoy and imbibe, and so you're, you're aware of that. So there's a greater sense of being a little bit more protective of yourself and certainly your family dependent upon the public circumstances. But when it comes to church, that's the place where we are most typically encouraged to let our guard down and consequently where there might likely be a heightened degree of vulnerability. And this is where uh, there's a number of important things that we as the church need to be mindful of to do the best that we can, both scripturally and morally, to protect congregations. We're going to get to some of those points coming up right after the break. Pastor Sam Rohr is with us, president of the American Pastors Network. We have invited him to come on the program uh, to talk about some of the things that churches can, should, and must do in terms of both the biblical and moral responsibility to keep our, keep our churches, our congregations in the Bay Area safe. We'll get to those details for you coming up right after some details on traffic here at 515 from the KFAX Traffic Center. 
And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. We're talking about the recent shooting late last year at a church in Texas. Um, Fortunately, there was a um, member of the congregation who was armed and was able to stop the shooter from engaging in more carnage in that congregation. And we shudder to think that even such matters are possible, and yet they're happening on an increasing basis right here at home in America. And while there may be much to be debated about gun laws and things of this sort, the reality is every church has a biblical and moral obligation to do all that it can to protect its congregation. Toward that end, we have with us Pastor Sam Rohrer, president of the American Pastors Network, we're talking about a number of key things. And um, if you can, Pastor Rohrer, spend a couple of minutes and kind of go down this important laundry list just so we can kind of begin to mentally tick off in our mind the number of things that we can and should be doing to better protect our church congregations. Yeah, glad to do that, uh, Craig. And these are these are fairly common sense. I think as I walk through them quickly, uh, people will, will get it. But it starts with what we just talked about, and you just said there. There is a biblical and moral responsibility to watch out and to ensure as best as possible the safety of those who are under our care. And that is really what we have in the case of a shepherd and sheep. That being the case, practical steps of what to do. Church leadership pastors, deacons, elders, however the church may be arranged, needs to make a decision that they are going to act upon this duty. So that's, that's really next. What to do then? There are people out there uh, who are able to come alongside and help um, those within a church put together a church safety plan. Uh, and that would be the next, really the next step. Commit to developing and training uh, a security team. Uh, should pick out some within the congregation. Most congregations, you know, may have a may have a police officer that that actually goes to that church, or uh, someone who's maybe retired military or have had this experience, but have some practical experience with safety and so forth. Get them to be a volunteer or to lead and put it together. You involve then staff, you involve others, and you end up working towards putting together a security team. Uh, next. From that, then, an assessment, uh, a, a security uh, risk assessment should be done for that, uh, for that church uh, to identify how vulnerable is it. Uh, if the congregation is there, how many doors are opened? Uh, can anybody come in off of the street anytime? That kind of thing. A risk assessment for the facility and for the grounds themselves. And uh, and that may also be uh, part of a consideration. Maybe the community, maybe in which the church is actually located. Maybe maybe the community around the church is actually prone uh, to issues. But nonetheless, that's a part of performing a risk assessment. And then and then implement security protocols. Uh, things such as this. And many churches are doing this. For instance, once the church service begins, for instance, the doors are, are locked except for the front door, so that no one can be coming in the back, uh, that kind of a thing. Uh, a security team. Um, oftentimes they are unmarked. They're just, they're, they just look just like regular uh, individuals dressed as they would be at church, but they're actually a part of a team. They're able to communicate to each other. They are talking with each other. They are looking and anticipating uh, 
uh, potential safety problems when, when people may come in, that kind of thing. So you implement those security protocols. Um, many are putting in security cameras. Um, that is more for help perhaps after the fact. If something were to happen, your team is there to help prevent, but your cameras are there to help um, uh, surveil and help do those kinds of things. Next, um, from a safety perspective, if a church can do it, they ought to have in place a medical response team. Now, that's not necessarily just for someone who may come in and try to do harm. Uh, just someone ought to be on call if someone happens to have a heart attack or that kind of thing. So, uh, so um, a medical response team ought to be there in place. Next, evaluate the legal parameters for uh, security measures. For instance, uh, every church has insurance. The insurance company that uh, is involved in the church may have protocol and requirements themselves. They may be able, they may actually be able to help. Uh, the local uh, municipality may have certain laws in place that either permit or encourage certain types of uh, actions to take place. So that ought to be brought in. Uh, an evacuation plan. Really, every church ought to have a, a plan in place. What if the church happened to catch on fire or something happened? as an example, not related to a possible terrorist type of a thing or a murderer coming in. Um, that ought to be a part of it. Evacuation plan, and that's something that leadership should, in fact, uh, have in place. Um, then when the plan is put together, we're saying that uh, that ought to be communicated to the people in the church, and maybe not necessarily every level of detail, uh, so that they know everything that's involved, but know that a plan is in place and that they've taken the responsibility and their duty uh, to put something into effect so that people can rest assured that when they come, they know that something, in fact, uh, has been done. Uh, and I would say, as a part of this, we always encourage, when a church goes through the process, involve the local law enforcement. Uh, get the local police. Get them involved in it. Because, frankly, if there is a need, the local police have to be, and they'd be the first ones to respond, let them be a part of the process. They can actually help in crafting a plan, and for them to be familiar with the building, uh, familiar with the people, all of that kind of thing, it actually helps them, and in most every case, they are appreciative that, uh, that a local church that could become their responsibility is actually taking some of that on their own. So these are just a few things that are able to be done, but that if they're methodical, they're logical, and, uh, and once done, then um, then you have a good plan in place, and then it's a matter of uh, implementing it and then actually uh, executing it and carrying it out. Well, and I think at the end of the day, Pastor Rohr, it, it's at a level just simply good, wise stewardship. I mean, we recognize the value, for example, we never expect our house to catch on fire, but we carry fire insurance. We have automobile insurance. We have health insurance. Um, many families, certainly here in California, the smart ones um, have taken steps to sit down and put together a plan in the event of an earthquake, which uh, is always likely. And here in California, we say it's not if, but when the next big one strikes. And so if it's during the day and mom and dad are at work and the kids are at school, how do we get back together again? if roads are shut down, bridges have collapsed, things of this sort. What's the plan in place to protect our family? If there is a sudden fire that breaks out in the house in the middle of the night, uh, how do we get out? How do we rally together to make sure everybody got out safely? This is just smart, good stewardship. And so we ought to, most logically, 
include our churches. If you don't do it because you're not concerned about a crazed gunman coming into the church tomorrow, then do it because of a potential earthquake or a fire in the church. Do it because you love the people of God and wish to be found as a responsible steward for the life of each of them, not just spiritually, but physically as well. Uh, a great list here, and I'm wondering, for those eavesdropping on our conversation, Pastor Rohr, is that list available anywhere for downloading? No, actually, they can get it off of our website at AmericanPastorsNetwork.net, so it is, it is findable there, and uh, it's a good thing, it's a, it's, it's a good... It's a good approach, and I'd encourage people to go to AmericanPastorsNetwork.net. They All right. right there. A great resource, and of course, other resources at the site as well, but uh, in the context of our conversation today in terms of making sure that we're taking all the proper steps to uh, to protect our congregation from uh, something untoward happening, um, some really good insights and a good starting place. And again, uh, th- this list is available at AmericanPastorsNetwork.net. That's American Pastors Network. Our thanks to Pastor Sam Rohrer, president of the American Pastors Network, for those insights and that update here on the Thursday edition of Lifeline from KFAX. All right, at 5.30, let's get you an update and a look at the road ahead from the KFAX Traffic Center. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Thank you, sir. Welcome back to the conversation. 535 here on your basic Thursday afternoon. I had a listener call today, and she, no doubt, like a lot of us, have been caught up since Tuesday, uh, memorized to perhaps a certain degree, or bored to tears in other fashions, and watching the coverage on television of the impeachment trial before the Senate. She called today to say, Craig, would you mind mentioning tonight on the air, reminding people to be in prayer for our nation? And uh, that's a very easy request, because I am of the belief that uh, without regard to what your political persuasion might be or uh, where you, you come down in your viewpoint of the current affairs taking place in Washington, D.C., that as we look at the nation— troubled in a lot of respects, um, certainly at multiple layers morally, um, we have to be mindful, if we're going to be true to our beliefs, our convictions, that it is the hope of the gospel, the future of our nation upon which it depends, and that if we're pinning our hope on some political solution or a political answer, or something brilliant to come out of Sacramento or Washington, D.C., and we think that that's going to be uh, ensuring the uh, the hope and future of our nation uh, will be uh, <laughs> sorely, sorely mistaken. But as we talk about the importance of the future of our nation and how it pivots on the hope of the gospel, it then comes down to you and me to uh, take on that mantle of responsibility, to accept that responsibility, to evangelize, to equip the saints, to enlist others. Um, what does Scripture tell us? The fields are ripe already unto harvest, and as the fields are ripe, the laborers are few. So how do we become better equipped to labor in the field? How can we be more effective in not only sharing our Christian faith, but also doing a better job 
at going into all the world, preaching the gospel, and making disciples, as we've been commanded to do so. Well, I'd like to think on a uh, daily basis, we try to cover all in a variety of fashions those topics, and um, a new feature we're going to add to the Lifeline lineup starting tomorrow um, is spending some time allowing you the opportunity to go deeper in God's Word. Now, I wish that I were the expert, oh, that I could be (laughs) or should be uh, in being able to answer those questions, and we pondered that for about 30 seconds and said, no, that's not going to work. But then we quickly thought of a gentleman who has spent his entire life equipping and evangelizing and enlisting and um, helping believers go deeper, helping non-believers discover uh, the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ and then apply that to their own life. And uh, we're delighted to have join us on the program and give us a little bit of a, uh, a glimpse into what you can expect tomorrow and every fourth Friday here on Lifeline. Joining us is Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church and, of course, speaker on The Truth for Today broadcast heard weekday mornings at 5.30 a.m. right here on KFAX. And Pastor Howard, great to have you on the program. It is good to be with you. I'm a little suspicious, though, uh, Greg, following these commercials, uh, first of all, telling me how I can sleep better, second, how I can uh, not go to the bathroom as much. I thought, what a follow-up on this program <laughs> that, that, it's that a, you give me this kind of intro. It, it's, it's a tough act to follow, no doubt about that. And, of course, <laughs> uh, you know, a, a, lot, a lot of our listeners will say if, they, if they're if they suffering from insomnia, they listen to podcasts of my show, and that usually uh, cures the problem right away. Now, uh, full, full disclosure here on the Valley Bible Church website, it lists you as Pastor Emeritus, where, of course, you are the founding pastor and served from 1971. I think, uh, let's see, 71. Richard Nixon was president in those days. <laughs> and uh, you've been serving there as senior pastor for 48 years, and you thought you were just going to quietly slip out the back door, didn't you? <laughs> well, I was hoping that I, w- I just didn't want to throw any Molotovs while I was going out the door. <laughs> but I was hoping that... Uh, uh, I kind of figured if God was going to do anything with me, he had enough time after 40. Even Moses just went 40 years. And so I hope that my uh, voice, as long as I have breath, can be employed to promote a God as great as our God. And what I'm hoping to do uh, tomorrow night, the Lord willing, is to give a Judeo-Christian worldview and I'm going to just go to the seedbed of the Bible and go to Genesis 1 through 3 and go as far as I can because it is amazing. Everything about home, marriage, gender identity. Uh, as one of my uh, wonderful Catholic doctors I had growing up, he uh, was our family doctor and was an outspoken Catholic. He said, what I love about Christianity, it's the only religion that can explain the mess we find ourselves in. It it explains calamity. It's not as it was meant to be. And so I'm hoping to uh, bring out things that in, in that generation when Moses gave it, there was no debate. There was no Congress. There was no one. They just, here is the divine word. And... We should have plenty of uh, questions, interaction. 
but it's so simple and straightforward. If you have the presupposition that God has spoken and he has not stuttered, and you know, toward that end, uh, we're 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 really delighted with uh, this new feature that we're adding to the KFAX lineup, and and uh, for uh, the benefit of listeners. So, as I mentioned, uh, Pastor Howard, after uh, forty-eight years as senior pastor of Valley Bible Church, has moved into the pastor emeritus role, and as I'm sure he will tell you, and he's probably already found out, that just means less pay, but it's just as much work. <laughs> but one of the things we're thrilled for is an opportunity to really allow listeners to go a bit deeper. You know, Pastor Howard, you and I talked about this um, late last year when we were kind of exploring the possibility of, of having you come on and, and kind of serve as the, as the local uh, KFAX Bible answer man, that so often people that go to church on Sunday morning, they listen to many of the radio broadcasts here on KFAX, including yours, and they say, gee, I don't know that I really understand that point, or I, I get it, but I have a couple of questions. And then, of course, by the time you jot it down and get around to looking it up or uh, going to pastor and posing that question after Sunday service, you're on to other things, you quickly forget about it, or maybe there's some lingering questions you have in the back of your mind about the application of certain scriptures. And um, as we're all in this process of growing and learning and, and as Paul said, working out our salvation, uh, we thought, wouldn't it be great to be able to have an opportunity once a month to come to KFAX, pose questions on any topic related to Scripture, and have someone like Dr. Phil Howard available to help guide you, lead you to uh, the right passage of Scripture to uh, perhaps uh, illuminate uh, your understanding and give you the kind of answers you seek. So we're going to do just that. The inaugural broadcast will be tomorrow, and every fourth Friday of the month, we've asked Pastor Phil Howard to come in. They've taken a big shepherd's crook, and they're going to get uh, uh, the amateur to step aside, that's me, for a couple of hours, and have Dr. Phil Howard here live on the program, open the word, answer your questions. And uh, I like this because this is going to be, I think, Pastor Howard, a tremendous sense, a tremendous opportunity for people to really understand what that iron sharpening iron that Scripture talks about, what that is and why that's so important. Well, you, I, I think, first of all, Craig, it, it's a great honor and privilege that you've afforded, and uh, you've been uh, more than just a uh, employee with KFAX. You've been a friend to anyone that wants to get the word out, and I thank you. And uh, I'll be on there at the request of Craig. I think some have accused him of wanting time off to go on more vacations, but I, I think that this false accusations. But, you know, I think that uh, uh, just to be, I love what Vance Havner said years ago. He said, I'd rather know a few things for certain than a whole lot of things that just ain't so. I, I just want to, I hope I can speak as a common man. I think I've been a street preacher type of guy. A uh, little bold, uh, can go for the throat. I grew up in Richmond, and I grew up around guys that you couldn't be uh, tentative. Tell me the truth. Say it where I can understand it. And uh, I'll be glad to tell the audience I don't know the answer to that question, but I'll be glad to research it. But after all, after 60 years of hanging out with the book, I think some of it is rubbed off. And if I could help understand, I love this, uh, 
Craig. He said in First John two twenty and twenty seven, all believers have been anointed, and you're looking. Well, who is? What is the anointing? Well, when they had a priest or a king uh, or a prophet, they were anointed to inaugurate them into their office. And he says to all believers, you don't need a man ultimately to teach you all that I want to teach you, because I've given the primary teacher the Spirit. But then in Ephesians 4, he said God gave gifts to the church, and one of them happens to be pastor-teachers. So wait, Lord, if everybody's got the anointing, if everybody's going to be taught, he said, my means of helping the body of Christ are gifted men that simply help build up the body by trying to help them understand. Because when you read Ephesians 1, when Paul begins to pray, he prays this for believers. I wish God would enlighten you to know what I just told you you've got in Christ. And I thought, why do you pray that way for believers? Because they don't get it so often. Sometimes we're sitting on millions of dollars worth of truth and uh, sin, the devil, understanding, ignorance, so many. We still don't understand what's in the will, that we've just been declared multimillionaires and we're still living in poverty. And God said, I'm giving you men to teach you that they may. And I landed in the valley not as an evangelist, but I had a burden for ignorant Christians that were saved but just didn't know what they had. And it's my burden to try to help pull back the cover and tell believers, this is what you really got in Christ. Why don't you enjoy it? I think one of the biggest challenges we face today um, is the busyness of our lives and the running to and fro and the distractions of everything from politics, as I mentioned a moment ago, to even the technology that surrounds us. And all of that, I think, sometimes creates an environment where uh, we can't spend the time, kind of time in the Word that we should. Um, biblical, biblical illiteracy is so rampant. And, uh, you know, one, one of the big goals here at KFAX throughout our broadcast day uh, to showcase and to provide a, a, a amplification, so to speak, of the platform of so many fine expository preachers and teachers of God's Word so that we can go deeper, we can learn more, and as we learn more, apply more, and as we do so, discover more, and then be challenged more, be more effective, not only in our day-to-day lives, in our relationship with our God, our spouses, our children, the people around us, and ultimately to do a better job at the number one thing that we're called to do, and that is what? Well, the greatest commandment, right? Love the Lord your God, your neighbor is yourself, and to go and share the good news of Jesus Christ. And so with that spirit and thought in mind, uh, when I got word of this this nasty rumor that uh, Dr. Howard was going to be Retiring, I thought, well, I don't believe a word of it, and I'm going to help to make sure it doesn't happen. <laughs> and that's one of the motivations why we were thrilled to uh, to open up a door and, and have some conversation about inviting him to come on the program here and to open the word as we open the phone lines and just give you a chance to say, gee, throughout the week and throughout my life, I've always had this gnawing question. I'm looking for an answer. What does God's Word have to say? And opening the Word and providing those answers is exactly what Dr. Phil 
Howard is going to do every fourth Friday of the month right here on Lifeline. Hey, we'll find more about it in a moment. Let's take a quick time out if we shall, and then we'll come back to more of our conversation. With me, the Pastor Emeritus, we put that in air quotes, of Valley Bible Church in Hercules, speaker on the Truth For Today broadcast, heard weekday mornings at 5.30 a.m. and Sunday mornings as well at 8.30 a.m. right here on KFAX. Dr. Phil Howard, back to more of our conversation as Lifeline continues. All right, 10 away from the hour. Let's get you updated once again on the Thursday Ride Home. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. I know somebody said out there, shameless self-promotion. I mean, I know you didn't slip him $20 when I wasn't looking. Has the engineer got like an indulgence or something for that? <laughs> well, well, Craig, when you were first introducing me and given the bio, uh, I have Chuck uh, Logbaudier here with me. I said, who are they describing? <laughs> who is that masked man? Uh, if you don't recognize the voice, you should. It's uh, Dr. Phil Howard now Pastor Emeritus of Valley Bible Church in Hercules and still speaker on the Truth For Today broadcast, as you heard promoted just a moment ago. Starting tomorrow and every fourth Friday of the month, we're going to open up the phone lines and the Word together, and we've asked Dr. Phil Howard to come and to join us on the program and spend some time with you. This is a chance to go into the Word. He'll share maybe some thoughts, whatever God has put on his heart, and then uh, open the phone lines, give you an opportunity to ask the real tough questions. And I suppose in many respects, just as you have done from the pulpit for 48 years at Valley, and as you do on the radio broadcast, this is really sort of a a no-holds-barred circumstance, isn't it, where people are welcome to ask any kind of question related to life and what the Word has to say about it. That that is true. Uh, The Bible, I'll tell you, so many people are watching virtual reality you know, we're we're listening to dogs and animals talk to us in animation, and creative uh, minds. I mean, uh, by the time Pixar and Disney gets through, you believe Mickey's a real person. <laughs> uh, but to actually get where we can uh, tell the truth from the eternal spokesman and creator, oh, what a what a joy! Because uh, you know, I, I had a woman. One time she was complimenting me over a sermon, which was welcome, and uh, uh, she was, you know, giving me accolades that were just, I said, wait, wait. I said, do you know why you're saying that? She said, no. I said, well, in a famine, even my cooking is good. <laughs> and, you know, and I said, uh, we're, we're dying for, we're hearing every Every category of life, which bathroom to go to, what gender am I, uh, I don't know what to call people. I mean, everything has been turned upside down, and the dictionary we started out with for life has been shredded. And no telling who's going to come up with what I am to define a human being as. And then just to go to the Word of God and say, oh, that's so straightforward. If I can declutter my mind from the vain philosophies of our day, Colossians 2 said, don't be captured by the philosophies of the day. And the way I feel like is, uh, in a way, I feel like my approach is a contemporary McGee that just says, 
I'm a boy born and raised in Richmond, California, been here 75 years. Don't tell me what the Bay Area is like. I lived through the 60s here. I graduated in the 60s. I happen to know what drugs were. I happen to know about hate Ashbury. I know what happened at Altamont. You know, don't tell me what this culture's like. I'm talking to the people in it. And uh, I don't need an updated course. I raise kids in it. I'm raising grandchildren in it. I love the people that I'm among, and I care for their soul, and the truth sets free. And by God's grace, we're going to tell the truth, and we're going to admit when we don't have a profound answer, but we're going to seek a biblical answer. And I think one of the most important points on that, and it's a good point to conclude our conversation on, uh, Pastor Howard, and that is that this is a day and an age when there has been this tremendous radical paradigm shift where for eons, for millennia, man sought out the answer to the question, what is the truth? Sadly, we're at a crossroads now where people are asking not what is the truth, but does truth even exist? Or are there multiple truths? Can multiple truths exist within the same arena where you have your truth and I have my truth and we can all be right at the same time? And this is, I think, one of the reasons why mankind is struggling in such an enormous fashion, because we no longer even acknowledge that truth exists, let alone what the truth is. We know, though, certainly from a biblical perspective that there is truth and that the the truth is found in God's Word, that His Word, like His personality and His character, is unchanging, that you can count on it, that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and likewise is the truth that's found in his word. So we're going to spend time uh, tomorrow at 5 o'clock and every fourth Friday of the month uh, opening God's word, opening the phone lines, and exploring some more truth for today. And uh, we are so delighted to have Dr. Phil Howard to join us and uh, help take us on this journey. So, uh, Pastor Howard, we're going to let you get to bed early tonight because you got a long day tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Craig, and I look forward to being with you. We'll look forward to uh, meeting you on the radio, have you here with us tomorrow night at 5, every Friday, fourth Friday of the month at 5 o'clock right here on Lifeline. Dr. Phil Howard, speaker on the Truth For Today broadcast. You can catch him tomorrow morning, bright and early, so I said he's got to get to bed, 5.30 a.m. tomorrow morning right here on KFAX. And tomorrow night, live in studio, answering your questions, opening the word right here on Lifeline, Dr. Phil Howard. All right, we're here at 6 o'clock. Let's get you updated on some truth for traffic from the KFAX Traffic Center.